This morning, you guys, I have something that's just really been uh, burning on my heart uh, for the last little while to share with you guys. Um, I don't know if, you, if this has ever happened to you, but, uh, you know, if you guys ever read the Bible and you look at some of the people in the Bible, you look at, at the way that they lived, you know, some of the prophets of old, or, you know, you look at some of the apostles in the New Testament, you see the relationship that they had with God, you see some of the things that God was doing through their lives, and you just, you know, you stop and you're like, man, it's so amazing, you know, the way God worked through them. And then you look at your own life and you're like, what's the problem, right? You know what I'm saying? You're like, there's some type of difference here between when I look at these guys, the way they experience God, and maybe the way that my life is, is being lived out right now. And so I begin to look at this, and, and I begin to just ask the Lord, uh, you know, God, what is the difference? Why is it that these people, it's like they seem to, to, to be so full of you and that you did amazing things to their lives, signs and wonders, all kinds of stuff. But when we look around today at the majority of us, we just seem to be much different, uh, much more normal in a, in a bad way, maybe, uh, that we would see compared to these people. And so some people, you know, there's a lot of doctors out there today. They say, well, that's just because God worked differently, you know, during that time or whatever. But we know that's not true because if God wanted us to live differently, he would have given us different examples, right? I mean, God gave us these examples in the word because he says, these are examples I want you to follow. This is how I want you to live. The relationship that they modeled, that Jesus modeled, that the apostles modeled, this is the same type of relationship that I want you to walk in. And that's why I've given them to you as examples. And so I begin to ask the Lord, well, God, what is it? And what are we missing? What are some of the differences, uh, you know, that, that kind of will bridge that gap between what we see in them and maybe what we see in ourselves? And uh, the Lord shared a few things with me, and uh, I want to share one of them with you this morning. And so uh, let's pray over the word, and then we'll, uh, we'll jump in. God, we just thank you so much uh, for what you've done in our lives. God, thank you for saving us. Lord, sometimes it's so easy to get busy with our lives, and, and we forget to be thankful for all that you've done on the inside of us. So God, we appreciate that. And this morning, God, we ask you to just uh, continue to have your presence in this place. God, would you fill us? Lord, we pray that you'd send your spirit of revelation upon each one of us. God, we know it's only you that unlocks our minds and our hearts to hear and understand your word. But God, we ask you this morning, would you not let this be a normal morning, but God, would you change us, Lord? Would you speak to us in a way that we live differently from this point on? God, that it would be like a fork in the road of our lives where we were going one direction, but we learned something from your word and then we started to live differently and it became a whole uh, different direction that our life was headed. We ask you to do that in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One of the things, you guys, that the Lord really began to burden on my heart, um, this thing of, you know, what makes the difference between maybe some of the things we see, you know, from these people in the Bible and, and, and the difference in our lives, is this thing of, of our relationship with God. You know, a lot of times, you guys, we'll go through this thing and, and we, we come to church, you know, we, we maybe get excited, we learn some things about God, and so we're really excited and all that different stuff, but then after a while, what happens? Things kind of tend to normalize in our lives, right? You know, maybe we, we start to tell stories about, man, when I first came to the Lord, I was so excited, I was so on fire for God, but then, you know, little by little, we just kind of start to get used to things and we start to level out in some type of area. And so it's not that we don't love God. It's not that we're not pursuing him, we're not coming to church, all that type of stuff. The difference is, though, it's like we've settled for just a normal relationship instead of intimacy. Does that make sense? And there's a different level that I feel like some of these people had and that the Lord wants to call us to. It's not just like some of the people have prayed, going to church, it's not just a bunch of rules, and it's not even just, you know, okay, I'm in relationship with God, I've said a prayer, I go to church. But are we day after day pursuing intimacy with him? You know, is our heart like some of those people, like, like David, where it says, you know, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul thirsts for the living God. 
You know, do we live like that every day? When we wake up in the morning, do we really feel hunger for God? Man, I just can't wait to spend a few more minutes with Him. You know, before we go to bed at night, we're like, I just, I need a few more minutes to steal away with God. You know, are we walking in that type of intimacy with Him? Because that's the level that God wants us to walk with Him. And He wants to reveal Himself like that to every single person. But sometimes what happens is we just start to look at everyone around us. We start to get influenced by the world. And we start to think, well, that's pretty extreme. I'm just going to be normal. But then as a result, we look at all these different things. We maybe get frustrated with our walk with God. Or we seem like, man, there's got to be more. We start to feel dry. Things like that. And some of it might be because of this difference between relationship and intimacy. It's kind of a fine line, but let me try to explain it to you guys. With, with relationship, we know God's word in general. Right? Maybe for major circumstances. We know, you know God's word for this one situation or whatever. But with intimacy, we hear God's whispers for the moment. You know what I'm saying? The, the difference of that, of that level of just knowing Him in general and really hearing His voice and walking with Him intimately day in and day out. You know, when, we, when we're in relationship with Him, you know, maybe the Lord tells us we need to reach people. We know that. We, we talk about missions, things like that. But with intimacy, we hear God say, no, speak to that person right there. God, but I'm in the middle of Walmart. What are you talking about? No, that's the person right there. Just speak to them, right? You know, there's things like with relationship, you know, we, we know, uh, you know, maybe we, we know we should spend time with God. We should have quiet times with Him. And so maybe we do that. We read our Bible each day. But with intimacy, we get lost in God's presence. You know what I'm saying? You know, with, with, with relationship, God is mercy. We know that. But with intimacy, His mercies are new every morning, right? You know, with relationship, we have a cup. But with intimacy, our cup runneth over, you know? And so there's this difference between relationship and intimacy that we've got to push through to the other side. You know, I uh, am married to, to my wife, Alicia, but just because I'm married, I get a piece of paper, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that I have intimacy, does it? I have a relationship. I'm in, I'm in a relationship with her. We're married. But intimacy comes as we choose to merge our lives together and form them as one, right? And it's the same thing in our relationship with God. You know, he tells us uh, in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31 and 32, and we use this a lot for, for weddings and stuff, but listen to what it says. Paul saying, as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and is joined to his wife, and the two are united as one. It says, this is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So what he's saying is, yeah, I'm giving you a natural example, and we use this at weddings all the time. He's saying, but I'm not giving you this just for marriage. I'm telling you this because this is how Christ and the church need to be one. This example of the way a man and a wife come together in, in union and intimacy, he's saying, that's what I want to happen between you and me, right? A whole different level. And so I think sometimes, you know, we go through life and we feel like we're missing things and we feel like, I don't know if you guys have ever said this, but have you ever been like, God, there's just got to be more. You know what I'm saying? Isn't there more out there? And I think sometimes it's simply because we've gotten stuck in relationship where we know God, we're going to church, maybe we're going through the motions, but day in and day out, we're not pressing through to intimacy. And so sometimes that fork in the road is what makes the difference between whether we're really going to experience Him and even fulfill the call that God has in our lives, or whether maybe time and time again, we just kind of stay there, but we miss the ultimate direction or the, the whispers of God that change our lives oftentimes. You know, let me give you guys, I want to give you guys a few examples of, of the difference of, of how this can happen, the difference that this makes. You know, we see an example in Scripture here in, in Song of Solomon chapter 5. And there's this point uh, in, in verse 2, and, and it's kind of this poem type thing, and, and, uh, and he's talking about the beloved and his lover. And so the beloved represents the Lord, and, and so he's coming to, to the house of his lover. And, and here's what it says. This is the lover start telling the story of what happens. Uh, and she says, I was asleep, but my heart is awake. It's the voice of my beloved. He knocks, saying, open for me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. 
for my head is covered with dew, my locks with the drops of the night. He said, I've taken off my robe. How? And then she responds to him. She says, I've taken off my robe. How can I put it on again? I've washed my feet. How can I defile them? My beloved put his hand on the latch of the door, and my heart yearned for him. I arose from my beloved, and my hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with liquid myrrh on the handles of the lock. I opened for my beloved, but my beloved had turned away, and he was gone. My heart leapt when he spoke. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called, but he gave no answer. And so when you look at this, at this uh, situation here, what, what she's talking about is it's kind of like how God comes to us, right? And so the Lord comes to her, and, and it says that she just, she just was kind of complacent. She just wasn't really ready for the Lord. So he knocks on the door, you know, like he often maybe knocks on the door of our hearts, right? And so he knocks on the door, and she, she starts to make excuses. You know, she says, well, you know, I, I've already washed my feet. Should I defile them again? You know, I've already taken off my robe. I mean, you know, and I don't know. Should I really put it on again? And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, maybe she, she hears him a little more. She wakes up, something happens, and she realizes, man, what am I thinking, right? So she gets up, and she runs to the door, and she, she goes to open the door. And it says that when she gets here, there's, there's myrrh on the locks and things like that that symbolize the good things that her beloved was about to bring to her that night. And so all of a sudden, she realizes what a mistake she's made. So she, she calls out to him, and she looks for him, but he's gone. He's nowhere to be found. And I wonder how many times that happens to us. You know, the Lord comes in and knocks on the door of our hearts. Hey, spend some time with me. Hey, you know what? Just, just steal away with me for a few minutes, right? Comes in and whispers at, at, the, at our hearts. But I wonder how many times maybe we're just, we haven't kept our heart day in and day out in a position to hear the whispers of the Lord. And so we just kind of keep doing what we're doing. You know, it just is a thought that goes in one ear, out the other, and we're, I'm kind of busy, and we just never think about it again. You know, I wonder... What that girl, what the lover missed that night. You know, I wonder what moments of intimacy she might have had with her beloved. I wonder what revelation he might have shared with her that maybe would have changed the course of the rest of her life. I wonder what, what you know, big things or even small things that he would have spoken to her that would have made a difference that she missed. And I wonder for us the same thing. How many moments with God that might be revolutionary, that might, maybe they're small things that in time make a big difference. Or maybe they're big moments that just alter the course of our life, but we miss them because we don't keep our heart in a constant state of readiness. You know, it's, sometimes I think that, you know, if, if, if she wouldn't have responded, you know, I mean, obviously she woke up and, and went to the door and, and things like that. But I wonder if she just would have, you know, done like maybe we do, sometimes just kind of roll over and went back to sleep. I wonder if in the morning maybe she would have woke up and been like, that was, maybe that was just a dream. You know, maybe, maybe that wasn't my beloved at all. Maybe it was just some dream that I had and just go on with her life. And you know what? Nothing would have been different. She would have woke up. Everything would have been the same. And I wonder how many times that happens to us. You know, God speaks to us, but we don't hear him. We just, you know, we just keep going on about our lives. It's not that we don't love God anymore. It's not that we stop going to church. We just missed moments of intimacy, right? It's not that anything terrible happened. It's just that nothing happened. That's the problem, right? And I feel like, you guys, so many times God is desiring to show things to us, to reveal things to us, to speak to us. He's bursting to reveal himself to us. But sometimes we just get so busy, we get so distracted, and we just, oh yeah, God, you're in the corner, I know, I go to church once or twice a week, I read my Bible, and we've got him in that box. And God's saying, no, there's so much more. There's so much more that I want to give you. I come knocking at the door of your hearts at all kinds of times to share intimacy with you. And if we're going to continue to go on to the next level with God, we've got to keep our heart in a constant state of readiness. So when he comes, we respond. You know, there's a, a contrast. We see that in Song of Solomon, but then we see a, a different situation uh, when we read about Abraham and when the Lord comes to him and asks him to sacrifice his son. And we see this in, in, in chapter 22 of Genesis. 
And so you guys know the story. The Lord comes to Abraham, right? And he says, Abraham, sacrifice to me your beloved son, your only son. And so, you know, it's, the Bible says, I'm always amazed at the way Abraham responds. God comes to him, right? And you know what it says? It says that he rose early the next morning to respond to the Lord. Okay, now, I don't want you guys, but if the Lord told me something like that, to give up something as important as my son, I'd at least press snooze a couple times. You know what I'm saying? Maybe give the Lord a chance to change his mind, right? You know, or something. Just be like, you know, maybe, God, are you sure? You know, surely you wouldn't want me to do this. Maybe I need to fast for a couple days and just make sure, right? You know, something that we look spiritual so we can kind of ignore what God wants us to do. But Abraham, he just gets up early the next morning and goes to obey the Lord. And so he walks up there, and you guys all know the story. He goes to, you know, to sacrifice his son or whatever, and the Lord stops him. But I want you guys to see what happens here as a result of this. In, uh, in verse 15 of Genesis 22, it says, Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven, and he said, This is what the Lord says, Because you have obeyed my voice and not withheld even your beloved son, I swear by my own self that I will bless you richly. I will multiply your descendants into countless millions, like the stars of the sky and the sand and the seashore. They will conquer their enemies, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. Okay, so think about this. Think about if Abraham would have missed that moment. <laughs> think about if maybe he just would have been a little bit distracted, and the Lord spoke to him, but he wasn't close enough, so he goes, you know what, that, that's probably not God. You know what, I'm just going to keep going. You know, If God really wants, he'll probably tell me a couple more times. You know, what if he would have missed that moment? One of the greatest blessings we ever see in the entire Bible came because his heart was ready and he responded immediately to what the Lord spoke. And I believe that maybe God wants to speak to some of you guys today saying, listen, I've been knocking on the door of your heart for a long time, wanting to share more and more things with you. But is your heart ready? Maybe sometimes you, you shut me out, right? You know, and I want us to just maybe search our hearts today and ask ourselves, which one does our heart more resemble? Do we more resemble, you know, the, the lover in the story in Song of Solomon? Where, you know, when God comes, you know, sometimes we tend to make excuses or, or, you know, when he whispers to us, it's like, you know, we're really busy, all this stuff. We've kind of got him in a box. We've got him in our normal structure. We don't maybe respond at a moment's notice. Or are we more like Abraham? That, man, when we, we're so close to him, we hear his whispers. And when he whispers, immediately we respond. You know, David had one of the most amazing relationships with the Lord in the Bible, right? But listen to his heart. In Psalms 27, verse 8, he said this. He said, when you said to me, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. And the question I have for you guys this morning is, what is the response of your heart to God? When God says to your heart, do this thing, what does your heart say back to Him? Does your heart say, God, this thing I will do? Does your heart hear His whispers so that when even He speaks something small, you're ready to respond? Or is our heart maybe a little bit distracted? Is it pushing towards other things? You know, do we kind of maybe crowd God out of our lives? We have our quiet time and then we go about our life and then we come back in the morning. Maybe we talk to God again. Because you guys, if, if we're going to continue to grow in God, to really experience all of Him that there is, we can't just settle for relationship. We've got to move to intimacy. We've got to move to that, that moment where we're that tight with God that we're hearing Him and responding to Him at a moment's notice. You know, I'll tell you what. Guys, I really believe that sometimes we have things that happen in our lives. You know, we've got different areas that, you know, go wrong or whatever. And, and I think a lot of it is just traced back to this thing of intimacy. That if we were just closer to God, some of these things would just peel away. You know, maybe we've got a temper problem or we get upset with this person or we do these different things. And so we, we look at the effects of the problem and try to fix the effects without dealing with the cause. 
And I think sometimes the cause is if we would just get closer to him, some of these effects that we're feeling in our lives would leave. You know, it's like if you have a computer, and, you know, maybe some of you guys have, have been computer illiterate at the beginning and, and done something like this like I have, but, you know, you go there and, and you look and you start to type on the keyboard and, you know, nothing's happening. You're like, man, the, the keyboard's broken, you know? And, and you look at the screen and there's nothing on the screen. You're like, what? The, man, the screen doesn't work either. You know, and you go to the mouse, you're trying to look for the cursor, there's no cursor there. And you think, man, this whole computer's broken, right? But then if you just plug it in, you find everything works properly. You know, and sometimes it's like that with our lives. We've got all these different things that are going on, but if we'll just draw closer to Him, we'll find that everything in our life starts to work better. You know, I really believe, you guys, intimacy is like the ultimate wonder drug, okay? Intimacy with God. You know, when we get sick, we take something for specific symptoms, don't we? We have a cold, so we take something for our cold, right? But wouldn't it be great if there was something that we could take that made you younger, smarter, took care of all your diseases, you know, all your old, you know, high school injuries or whatever, it totally removed them, and it reversed all the laws of gravity that happened on our body, right? How many of you guys would think that would be something good to take, right? How many of you guys like, sign me up? Well, sometimes it's the same thing with the Lord, right? As we, as we grow in intimacy with Him, it changes every area of our life. Everything we do begins to get better. I mean, think about this. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, He says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and what will happen? All these things will be added unto you. He says, just press into me, seek me, get closer to me, and everything else in your life will get better, right? I'll begin to take care of all these things. Psalm 37.4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll, you know, trade you for one desire of your heart. It doesn't say that, right? He says, delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you all the desires of your heart. You know, you see it in 2 Peter uh, verse, verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 3. He says, as we get to know God better, His divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. So listen to that. He says, there's just really one thing that we have to focus on the most, right? He says, if you'll just get to know me better, I'll give you everything you need to live out this godly life. And so some of us, you guys, we've maybe distracted with all these things, but God is saying, listen, look, just press into me. Just come closer to me. You know what? And as you do, everything else in your life will begin to get better and change. You know, some of us, maybe we're walking around, we're saying, Mike, I just really need some more joy in my life. I, I just, I get frustrated all the time. I don't feel like I have enough joy. You know what? We get closer to God and He'll begin to produce joy in our lives. It says in, in Psalm 1611, He says, You show me the path of life and in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So we're walking on, God, I need more joy in my life. Maybe I could just, you know, go hang out with this person or maybe if I dabble in sin a little bit like my friends or maybe if I seek in this new hobby or something, that'll give me more joy. We distract ourselves from Him. God says, no, 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 you don't understand. You only need one thing. If you just get closer, you're going to have joy, right? Because joy is found in me. You know, maybe we say things like, man, I'm, I'm stressed out. I need more peace in my life. You know, I, I just, you know, how do I get that? Well, the Bible tells us, draw closer. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on me, who trusts in you because his thoughts are fixed on you. So he says, you know what? You want peace? Just fix your thoughts on me. I'll keep you in perfect peace. Right? You know, maybe we lack things like fulfillment. We're, we just don't feel satisfied. We don't feel fulfilled. Well, he tells us, just draw closer. It's a result of intimacy. You know, he tells us in, in Psalm 63, verses 1 through 5, you know, David saying, Oh God, you're my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. In a dry and weary land where there's no water, I've seen your sanctuary. I've seen you in your sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I'll praise you as long as I live, and in your name I'll lift up my hands. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, I'm worshiping you, I'm seeking you, I'm longing for you, right? And look at the result. 
In verse 5, he says, My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. You see, we're, we're looking for fulfillment. We're looking for satisfaction. It's not in getting an extra paycheck. It's not in being, you know, having more, you know, getting more, being more popular with your friends in, in school or whatever. You know, it's not in getting that better job. Maybe everything will change. He said, you know, you want your soul to be satisfied? Press into me. That's where it's found. You know, maybe some of us were like, Mike, I need direction in my life. I don't know what to do. I'm always wondering, you know, what's going on, all this different stuff. Again, it's found in intimacy. It's the ultimate wonder drug. It changes everything in your life. You know, in Isaiah, he gives us an example of that where the Israelites were seeking in the things of the world and for direction and what to do. And God rebukes them. And then he tells them, he said, look, if you just seek to me, I'll take care of you, right? If you just seek me, you'll find it. And he tells them in, in, in verse 21 of Isaiah 30, he says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. He says in, in Isaiah 30, 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And so what he's saying is he's saying, listen, He's saying, you're wondering what to do. You're seeking in the things of the world and you're so confused. And he says, don't do that. Just seek, to, seek in me. Look to me. Turn back to me. And then he says, if you'll do that, wherever you go, you'll hear my voice. Walk this way. You'll hear the whispers of the Lord guiding and directing you. And some of us, we're frustrated. Maybe we're wanting more. Maybe our walk with God seems dry. Not because we're not in relationship with Him, but simply because maybe we're not walking in daily intimacy where we hear His whispers. We hear the small things, the small directions of His voice. Don't do that. Walk this way. You know what? Change this direction. You know what? Take five minutes with me. I've got something to speak to you. It's going to change the rest of your day. I want to satisfy you with something. I want to give you a little bit of peace because I know you're going to need it later and you're going to get out of peace if you don't spend these few minutes with me now, right? You know, I know that you're not so joyful. I want to show you something from my word. Will you just read a little bit? And so we don't do any of those things and then we walk through life. We're like, man, I'm going to church. I mean, what's, what's the deal, God? Where are you? Why don't you reveal yourself to me? And God's saying, just get a little bit closer. Just get closer and everything that you're desiring, you're going to find it. Seek and you will find, right? The Bible says, all who seek, find. And to all who knock, the doors open, right? You know, and you guys, if you look, that's what these people in the Bible that we look and go, man, I wish my life was like that. That's what they had. All of them figured out, there's one thing that's more important than anything else. One thing that I need to crave, and that's continuing to grow more and more intimate with God at the expense of everything else. You know, you look at people like Paul. How many of you guys think Paul was a superstar and might, wouldn't mind trading places with Paul on Judgment Day? Anybody <laughs> receive his inheritance, right? So Paul, but listen to what Paul had discovered. He tells us in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. He said, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with being an apostle. That's not what he says, right? Everything else is worthless when compared with having a healing ministry. That's not what he says. He says, everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. He says, my ministry, my life, everything I do, it's nothing compared to knowing Christ, to getting closer to Him. And he says this, he says, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I may have Christ. He's like, everything else in my life, even the good things I used to think about, he said, it's nothing, it pales in comparison to just knowing God because that's where everything comes from. What was Paul's secret? Man, he held intimacy with God in high value, didn't he? He said everything else is worthless compared to that. You know, you look at people like Moses. I mean, we all admire Moses. He was a, another stud of the Bible, right? Well, here's this guy. I mean, he's leading the Israelites from the promised land. And Jesus is telling him, or God is telling him, look, I'm going to send my angel with you into the promised land, right? <clears throat> now, most of us would be like, great, I don't care who you send with me, just take me to the promised land, right? 
But what does Moses do? He says, God, if you're not going to go with us, we don't even want to leave the desert. He says, don't take us up from this place unless you come with us. He said, God, even the promised land is nothing compared with your presence. He's like, God, we don't even want to go to the promised land if you're not coming. He said, don't even take us up from this place, right? So what was it that Moses discovered? Why was he so close with God? Because he realized, man, there's one thing that I need, and that's him. And he pressed into him. You know, people like David, we talked about him a little bit. Psalm 27, verse 4, he said, The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. So here's David, he says, Out of everything else, there's just one thing that I seek more than everything else. God, it's you. I just want to know you. You know, people like Daniel, that God did amazing works through him. I mean, imagine this. They pass a law saying, you'll be killed if you pray. Right? So Daniel might be thinking in the act of self-preservation, you know, at least close the window or something. You know, I mean, you know, do something like that. But does he do that? No, he goes right home and says, you know, even death is not worth trading God for. So he just opens his window, puts his face, you know, towards and prays again. And you guys know the story that follows. God used it to do an amazing, you know, miraculous miracle through his life. And some of us, you know, I wonder what would have happened. What would have happened to Daniel if Daniel maybe wouldn't, wouldn't have held his intimacy in such high esteem? So he says, well, they're passing a law. I mean, I've got to use logic. I've got to use reason, right? You know, I'm really busy anyways. You know, I'll just stop praying for a little while. No big deal. That whole story of Daniel that all of us draw strength from, that God was glorified, that a whole kingdom came to know God, would have never happened. And that's the thing I'm trying to get us to see. It's not that God doesn't want to do miracles anymore. It's not that God hasn't selected you for greatness just like he has the people in the Bible. I just think that sometimes when things come, it's the small turns in the road that we make differently than them that makes the difference. You know, that one small turn for Daniel, he would have been from superstar to normal, right? There might not have even been a book of Daniel. Because what God wanted to do through his life, maybe he would have missed it. And so in the same way for us, it's not that the callings of God have all of a sudden lessened as each generation goes on. Right? Or God just changed its whole strategy. He's like, I just like people to not know me that much anymore. Or just to live normal lives. That's not what he's doing, right? It's just that we see these people that they, at the, at the right, at the fork in the road, they were close enough to him to respond in the right way. Each of you guys, God has an amazing destiny for you. Some of you are walking it out. Some of you, there's so much more. And it's maybe got nothing to do with you getting better skill. It's got nothing to do with you beating your body and making it your slave and getting more willpower, you know, living under more rules and trying to get better at doing religion. Maybe it's just got more to do with drawing close so we hear and follow his whispers, right? We don't miss the small things that he's trying to speak to us that end up making a big difference as we walk throughout the road of our lives. Today, you guys, I just, I want to take a few minutes We're talking about searching our hearts in this area and give you a few battlefields because I think there's a few things, battlefields where intimacy is won or lost, okay? And so I want to just give you guys a few of these to look at this morning so that you can analyze your own life and say, you know what, man, that's an issue for me. I think that's something that might be stealing my intimacy. Or you know what, this area is something that looks like my heart. It might be stealing my intimacy so that we can get these things in order and press through to new levels in the Lord, okay? So just a few things to consider as you're searching your heart. One of the battlefields of intimacy, something that, that steals intimacy from us so easily, is sin. Okay? We've got to check our hearts for sin. You know, for instance, if I am in, in relationship with my wife and I was unfaithful to her, what do you think that would do to our intimacy? It would destroy it, right? And sometimes that happens with God, too. Is that we, we get unfaithful, we get racked in sin consistently, and it breaks intimacy. It keeps us from drawing closer to the Lord. You know, in Psalms 25, 14... 
It says this, it says, Friendship with the Lord is reserved for those who fear Him. With them He shares the secrets of His covenant. Now, fear doesn't mean afraid of God. It means those that honor Him, right? Those that honor Him with their lives or basically that obey Him. It says, man, He shares His secrets with them. It says the secrets of the Lord are with the people that as they honor Him, as they follow Him, as they obey Him, it says, it's not like we have to wonder if God will reveal Himself. It says that He'll share even His secrets with us. You know, in John chapter 14, he says the same thing. He says, the person that loves me is the one who obeys me. And that person, he says, I'll reveal myself to them. And so some of us, maybe we need to search our hearts. Are there areas of consistent sin in our lives? You know, things that we've been doing, maybe it's not even big sins. I mean, a lot of times when we go to church, it's not the big things that are killing us. Maybe sometimes it's just the small things that we need to look at that we've been tolerating, but they've been breaking our intimacy from the Lord. You know, the Lord began to to share with me one time. I, I had to deal with different insecurities in my life as I was growing up and things, and, and I always valued other people's opinions so highly. And so the Lord began to show me, you know, there were times I'd feel like God would be calling me to do something, you know, maybe to stand up and say something, or calling me to speak, or calling me to, and I'd be so nervous and so afraid, well, what will people think, and maybe they won't, and so I would kind of just, you know, just kind of not do what God wanted me to do, and do what I thought would be popular to everyone else. And so I kept doing this over and over again, and the Lord began to, to speak to my heart one time, he said, Mike, let me show you what you're doing. He said, basically, I'm over here and I'm calling you in one direction. And you got all these people over here and they're calling you too. And he says, it's like you look at me and you look at them and you look at me and you look at them. And then it's like you just look me in the face and you just walk over to them and you choose them over me every time. And the Lord began to show me, you know, Mike, those are times, for example, I was missing times of intimacy with God. You see, if I would have been obedient, the Bible says God was going to reveal something to me, right? He was going to reveal more of himself. He was going to do something, change something on the inside of me. You know, if I would have continued to give in to my fear of not wanting to speak in front of people, not wanting to be in front of the crowd, because maybe they won't like what I have to say, God's entire destiny for my life would have been missed. You see, but there was a time I had to get rid of that sin and say, God, I'm going to choose you more than this area of my life and continue to walk with you. And then as I did that, God was able to reveal himself to me and change what he was doing on the inside of me for the better. You know, I remember another time, any guys ever have stupid things that you feel like the Lord asked you to do? Like, you ever just dumb stuff? Like, literally, you'll be doing something and you just feel like the voice of the Lord is speaking, don't eat that. <laughs> and you're like, what do you mean, don't eat that? Like, that's not even a big deal, you know, or something like that. Or you ever just walk by a piece of trash? You walk by like 5,000 pieces of trash in your life, but you walk by one and you feel convicted, you need to pick it up and throw it away. <laughs> you know, something stupid like that, right? And so sometimes the Lord will speak to us in small ways, speak to us in little things that are easy to justify away. But the Lord began to speak to you. He said, Mike, when I speak to you in those small things, He said, it's important. Those are the important times to obey because what happens is, If you stop obeying there, you start to set a pattern of not being obedient to the whispers of my spirit. And so it gets easier and easier to ignore the whispers of my spirit. And then when I ask you to do something big, it's easier for you to say no, because you've already set a pattern of saying no in the small things. He says, sometimes I give you small things to obey me in, just so that you can set a pattern of obedience, because I know something big is coming, and I want to condition your heart to be ready, so you make the right choice at that fork in the road. And some of us, maybe it's just little things in our life that we're doing, little habits, little things. And we need to say, man, I'm going to get serious about this thing. I'm going to push those things away because I want to break through. I want my intimacy with God to grow. And I don't want anything to hamper it. You know, Mother Teresa said this. She said, fidelity in the small things leads to God. Infidelity in the small things leads to sin. Some of you guys this morning, you know, one of the, one of the battlegrounds of intimacy is how do you act in the small things? When, when God whispers and you can easily... Ignore it as logic. Oh, it's, you know, with your logic, it's no big deal. Easily explain it away. But it, maybe it really was a whisper from God. Maybe some habit he's been convicting you of, but you think, it's not that big of a deal. 
I mean, it's not in the Bible anywhere. It's just conviction. It's no big deal. But you're breaking intimacy with God. And then you're wondering, why don't I hear the Lord more? Why isn't he speaking to me more? Why do I feel like there's more to life? Search your heart. Ask yourself, are there little areas that I'm ignoring? A battlefield where intimacy can be lost. Another thing, you guys, battlefield for intimacy is time. Anybody busy out there? <laughs> right? We're all busy, aren't we? But you know what? There, there's no substitute for time with God. It's time in the Lord's presence that we're changed. You know, the, the Bible, it talks about us that we're like a mirror. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, it says, But we all with unveiled face, with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And so some of us, you guys, it's like we need to turn the mirror of our lives towards Him so that we can reflect, you know, as, as a mirror, as a person, we will reflect what we constantly behold. And so as we spend more time with Him, as, as we turn our hearts, you know, the, the mirror of our hearts towards Him, we're going to begin to reflect who He is, right? And some of us, that just takes some time in His presence. And the great thing about the Scripture says it's not just that we're going to reflect Him, but He literally is going to transform us into who He is. You know, sometimes, you guys, it's almost like if God transforms us into who He is, you know who God is? The Bible tells us He's love, He's joy, He's peace, He's patience, He's kindness, right? That's the fruit of God's Spirit. So we want all those things, we search for all those things, but if we would just let Him manifest Himself on the inside of us, guess what He's going to manifest? All those things, right? Because that's who He is. And He's saying, when you turn yourself to me, spend time in my presence, I'll transform you, I'll manifest myself inside of you, and when I manifest, I manifest who I am, which is all the things you're seeking and wanting anyways. So just turn yourself to me, right? You ever see someone like, maybe you see a kid, you know, of someone, you don't even need to know who their dad is. It's like you know when you look at them because they're just like him, right? It's because they've spent so much time around them, they become like them. And some of us, we're wanting all these things that Jesus has to offer. We're wanting more of them. And he's saying, it's just spent from time in my presence, right? You know, if you look at the moon, you guys, how many of you guys know there is no light in the moon? Do you know that? There's no light at all in the moon. The reason why the moon is bright is because it's turned towards the sun and it reflects the light of the sun. And it becomes transformed from a ball of darkness into a beacon of light. And it's the same thing that happens to us. You know, as we turn ourselves towards the Lord, we begin to reflect and behold and, and be transformed with His, with His light, right? With, with everything that He is. And He begins to manifest everything He is on the inside of us. And so some of you guys, maybe you're wanting more joy. You're wanting more peace. You're wanting more satisfaction. Maybe you've even looked at other things. But God said, it comes from intimacy. Just spend time in my presence. You know, sometimes, you guys, we, we, we get so busy, you know, that we, we say stuff like, oh, my God, I just don't have time. But it's kind of a misnomer, isn't it? I mean, we can't ever be too busy to have intimacy because it's going to make everything we do less effective, right? It's kind of like being in the middle of a long trip, you know, and we're on E and we're saying, well, I just don't have time to get gas. <laughs> Well, if you don't, you're going to run out of gas and walk the rest of the way. And that's going to take even longer, right? And some of us are like, I'm just, I'm just so busy, I don't have time to spend with God. Well, you're going to make everything else in your life harder and more complicated and never get to where you want to go. You know, people say all the time, I don't have enough money to tithe. <laughs> well, if the, 90%, if the 100% is cursed, I'd rather take the 90% that's blessed, right? It's not going to help any. And so some of us, you guys, we've got to break that thing of saying, no, I'm not too busy. I have to make time because it's the most important thing. And it's going to make everything else I do in my life more effective. Time is a battlefield where intimacy is stolen. The last battlefield I'll share with you guys is this. It's just a divided heart. Here's what I mean by divided heart. It's not that we don't love God. 
It's just we get to those times where we love Jesus and, right? We, we love Jesus, but we love our jobs too, equally. We love this other thing in our life, this hobby or this other thing. And it's not that we don't care about God. It's just we put all these other things on the same level as Him. And so we begin to, to kind of try to hold on to so many things in our hearts. But the thing is, Jesus, the way He wants our hearts, He says, you give me, you just hold on to me, and I'll take care of everything in your life, right? But then what we do is we say, well, God, I want you, but I'm going to try to hold on to these other things too because I don't really want to turn them over. I, I, these things are really important to me. So God, I want you, and I, I want this, and I want... And we're trying to hold and juggle all these things. But it tells us, I think it's in Luke 16, 13, you can't serve two masters, right? Either love one and hate the other, or you'll hate one and love the other. And so he said, you can't do that. And so oftentimes stress comes with that, doesn't it? Because we're trying to hold all these, okay, God, I want you, but I want this, but I want that, but I want God, but I want... And we're running all over the place. And we're wondering, why isn't God close to me? What's going on? Maybe it's because we haven't made them the chief pursuit of our heart. We're loving Jesus and everything else. What happens when that, you guys, our heart, it just begins to get divided. And God begins to get pushed to the wayside, right? When we get busy, you know, it's like, we, well, you know, I got all these things. I really got to keep these things going in my life and all this different stuff. I guess, you know, I'll, I'll just spend time with God later. You ever do that? Hey, I know I'm going to have my quiet time, but God, I'll, I'll, I'll spend time with you tonight. Really, I will. It never happens, right? And then we just kind of push God and we push God away and we push God away. Pretty soon we're dry. We're coming to pastors saying, I've got all this stuff going on in my life. Will you help me? I don't know what's wrong. Right? But maybe we just allowed ourselves to have a divided heart. We tried to hold too many things in our life. We've had maybe idols on the inside of our heart instead of holding just one thing, and that's Him. So search yourselves this morning. Ask yourself, you know, do one of those things look like my heart? Because you know what? It's, it's, it's intimacy with Him that's going to change everything that we are. It's the ultimate wonder drug. And some of us, we think we're missing all these things. We're wondering what's wrong with our relationship. We're trying to get closer to God, all that stuff. But all it is is simply one thing that we're missing. It's not a bunch of things. It's just that if we draw close, all those things in our life would change. They would all begin to manifest in us as the Lord does. Some of you guys are like, well, what do we do, Mike? I mean, what's the, how do we get close to God? James 4, 8 tells us, right? It says, draw near to me. And what? I'll draw near to you, right? So he tells us, just draw close to me. Just take a few steps. You know, I talk to people all the time. They say, well, Mike, I would if I would just feel like it. I just don't feel like it. Or else I would draw close to God. Well, you might not feel like it, but it doesn't matter. That'd be like telling a fire, as soon as you give me some heat, then I'll put the wood in and the paper and then light the match. Give me some heat first. You know, let me feel it first, right? It doesn't work that way. You, 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 put, the, you put the heat in, or you put the, the wood in, you put the, the paper in, you light the match, and then you get the heat, right? Well, that's what Jesus says. He says, have faith. Just draw near to me. I promise you, I'll draw near to you. Just try me. You know, the, the psalm says, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? And so I just encourage you guys. Maybe you're, you know, you're like, man, I, as I've heard this today, I know I need more intimacy with God. Maybe that's the one thing that I'm missing. I've got relationship, but I don't know that I'm walking in intimacy every day. If that's you, it's not some big mystery. It's not, oh, I don't know what to do. Just draw close. Just take some time and seek Him, Right? Taste, just taste, he says, and see that the Lord is good. I want to close with one example here from the scripture. And it's in Second Chronicles chapter 15. And, and I'll just explain it to you guys. But basically, it, it says in verse 3 that for a long time, Israel was without the true God. They were going through the motions. They were looking through all this stuff. They were still God's chosen people. You know, maybe they were still in relationship, but the intimacy wasn't there, right? And so a prophet comes to King Asa. And he tells him this different stuff. And, and so King Asa, as he hears this, maybe like some of you guys are hearing this morning, he just goes through and he starts wiping out the idols from the land, right? He starts removing some of the battlefields, you know, of, of his day that were removing intimacy. And he makes a decision to seek the Lord. He says, man, I'm, we're going for it, our whole nation. And I want you guys to see this in, 
in, in verse 12 of chapter 15. It says, They entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, with all their heart and soul. They agreed that anyone who refused to seek the Lord, the God of Israel, would be put to death, whether young or old, man or woman. They shouted out their oath of loyalty uh, to the Lord with trumpets blaring and horns sounding. All were happy at this covenant, for they'd entered it with all their hearts. So basically they're saying, you know what, we're getting rid of all this stuff. We're going to make intimacy our top goal. We're going to go after God. And so they make this commitment to do that. And listen to this. It says, eagerly they sought after God, and they found Him. I mean, what must that be like, right? It literally says, eagerly they sought after God, and they found Him. And it says He gave them rest from their enemies on every side. That same thing, as they had intimacy, everything else in their life began to get better, right? And so some of you guys, we just got to get like 2 Chronicles 15. There's so much more of God. But if we would just eagerly seek and make a decision, God, I'm going to go after you. I'm going to hear your whispers. I don't want just relationship. I want intimacy with you. The Bible says, you know what? We can find him. And when we do, everything in our life is going to be different. Amen? Amen. And if you just come for a second, you guys, I just wanted to give you guys a second. Andy's going to play a song. And uh, I just wanted you guys to have a little bit of time with the Lord to maybe search your heart and just say, God, are one of those battlefields, am I losing in one of those battlefields in my heart? Or, or God, you know, maybe, maybe that's what it is, as I realized this morning, it's just that I, I haven't been as intimate with the Lord as I've needed to. And so as he plays, I just want you guys to seek your heart and, and maybe spend some time, let God whisper to you right now. Because God this morning, he wants to come and knock on the door of your heart and whisper some things to you, say, listen, I've got some direction for you. This is the way, walk in it. Remove this thing, do this thing. This is how you can find me. And when you do find me, everything else in your life is going to change. So let's just take a second. Let's just spend some time. Let God whisper to us. Turn our hearts to Him. Be like Abraham. Put ourselves in a responsive position. And then we're going to close in prayer. God, we thank you this morning. 
Lord, for speaking to our hearts. God, that you desire so greatly, Lord, like a, like a beloved seeking his lover, you desire to come and share intimacy with us. You desire to speak to us, to whisper to us at moments throughout the day, to guide us through life like a, like a father helping the child take their first steps, kind of putting their hands on either side, trying to guide them in the right direction so they can grow strong and, and walk. And in the same way, you guide us so we can become and experience all that you've called us to. And just as we were praying, I felt like the Lord just showed me a picture. And he showed me a picture. It was like there's a door there. And it's like... One of those closets as you might see in a cartoon where it's so packed full of things and when they open the door, it just bursts out upon them. And that that's what the Lord wants to do. It's like this morning, maybe it's been a neon sign saying, open, open, open. And he's drawing us. And, and as he knocks on the door of our heart, he's saying, just open it and I'll flood in on you. Like a dam bursting forth, I'll just consume you as a consuming fire. And some of us, the Lord is saying, just draw near to me. Just taste and see that I'm good. You've been searching in so many things. You've been looking in different areas. Maybe you've even been dissatisfied with your life. But God said, I am the answer. I am all you need. And if you'll draw close to me, you will lack no good thing. If you'll delight yourself in me, the desires of your heart will be taken care of. If you'll seek me first, all these other things in your life will begin to line up. And I believe there's a call of the Lord going out this morning to each person in this audience saying, come on, try me, test me, taste and see that I'm good. I want to share intimacy with you. I want to take you to a higher level. And it's going to be like a fork in the road that maybe you look back 10 years from now, it seems like small decisions along the way, but it's going to be a life-changing decision, something totally different. And you're going to be able to experience me and walk in the direction I've called you. God, would you give us responsive hearts this morning? Would you give us hearts that when you say to us, seek your face, our hearts will say back to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. God, that we will we'll hear your whispers and obey in the small moments so that we take the right turns in the road and end up pretty soon we look at our lives a few years from now and say, man, I feel like I'm, I'm just like one of those people in the Bible. I experience God that way. He uses me that way. God, would you let that be said of us? that our hearts could in all sincerity say everything else I count as garbage, as loss, compared to the surpassing greatness of just knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And we'd have all the joy, all the peace, all the fulfillment, all the contentment we need, and it would be found in you. Draw us this morning, God. Don't let us leave and just get back into the same fold. Let it be a fork in the road today that we choose to draw close to you. We're not satisfied anymore with the relationship, but we press through to intimacy. And it becomes like the wonder drug in our lives. It changes everything, our relationship with you. I ask you to do this in Jesus' name. Amen.
For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So some of you guys today, you're facing hardship. Some of you guys today are facing seasons of your life where you have to trust. And you have to step out. You may not be you may sit there and be like, I don't know what the heck's happening, Lord. I don't know why these things are happening. But the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, is that we must bless the name of the Lord. Not because it's a it's a good thing to do as a Christian. But when you truly know the Lord, it's the only thing to do as a Christian. It's to say, hey, look, my life is to bless the name of the Lord in all times. Whether good or bad, I will bless the name of the Lord. So we're going to sing this again. And I want you to just lay your burdens down right now before the Lord. I want you to say, God, this is my life. Here it is. And I'm going to bless you in the midst of it. And the Lord will honor you. And the Lord will meet with you. The first and foremost priority of a Christian is to bless the name of the Lord. So let's sing this out one more time. You give and take. You give and take away. You give and take away. 